Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, Rashawn Moore, Andy Brant Bernard, William Humphreys. The women aren't here yet, so we're going to get started on time, but it's really unusual for the women not to be here, isn't it, Andy? Oh, I hear one. Oh, somebody's coming in. I hear a woman. It's probably it's it's the daughter. Oh, it's Alex? It's me. Where's mom? It's me. I don't think I've seen Alex in like a year. I know. It's been well, she's she been in the show yeah, like, yeah, yeah, since the coronavirus. Months, I think. Didn't you right. just get married? Uh, yeah, October. Where's your wife? There she is. Well, she's still doing the whole social not- distancing thing. From you? <laughs> we gotta come back and get this done. Right, this is good. We'll be right back with the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer is rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Ooh. We're trying to figure out which one. Only is. my son, hello, the three hello, black hello. men in the room, would Testing. write us on the white room. Amazon <laughs> 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 Music played this song. Wow. Blame you know Jeff Bezos. People are exposing themselves wow. every day. Should we tear the studio up? Yeah, should you burn it down? Is this where we. Should we burn it down? Yeah. That's so fun. How great is that? that those songs come up on a random basis. They yeah, just pop I up. Just, you don't mm-hmm. pick them. I just hit play and it yeah, plays a classic rock song. White room. Oh, boy. And your new host. Right. <laughs> your new host, Welcome to the family with Tevin Pittman, your host. Okay, very quickly, I'm going to tell Alex this before we, we launch into what reality is in the world. Uh, uh, you know, outside of politics, Hollywood, and news, which is not real, none of it. This would be reality. This is the real world. But in any case, so we had everybody over for dinner yesterday. And this is one of the reasons why you should focus on living your life rather than, you know, anticipating COVID or, or riots. You know, the protesting part's great. You should protest. This is America. But so they're all leaving. Fawny just turned four last Tuesday. And she comes up to me, and for the very first time ever on her own, without prompting, <laughs> she walks up to me and says, Bop, Bop, I love you very much. Aww. And I will never forget that as long as I live. So That's sweet. what I'm living for. 
You know. When are you going to have some kids, though? What a soft ass. No time soon. <laughs> no, no time, time soon. That, that you know of? Oh, that's nice. In any case, ladies and gentlemen, we are here for a very specific reason, because I keep reading these things in the newspaper and seeing them on television, and Hollywood giving money to rioters. Not the protesters. They're giving money to rioters, which I don't understand. So we wanted to show you what real life is all about, that there are people out there in the world that have friends. And pretty much everyone in this room, if you're not related to me, you're my friend. And hopefully I'm your friend. That It's not about, oh, it's never going to get better. It's just horrible. Uh, oh, my, uh, we're going to be separated forever. Here's a good example of what I'm talking about. Star Tribune, would you get somebody... Get a white guy that grew up in the ghetto or something. You got to get somebody, right? Here's the headline. Riots, arson, leave Minnesota communities of color devastated. You know, the average dumbass white person that reads that is going to go, yeah, typical, once again, it's all about black people. Why do they do that to you guys, do you think? Why do you think the Star Tribune loves to, to hold you up as a human shield? Why? Rashawn, you got that look in your eye. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Let's uh, let's get the ball rolling. They, uh, <laughs> they, they, this is yeah, this is the typical product. It is. Like, like this is what, unfortunately, when does the Star Tribune talk about successful individual black people? Love it. Okay. It's all William and I ever talk about. So we talk and, about. And so, like, he admires we, me, but <laughs> and so as I as I I told you, Tom. Like we don't talk about when black men are not a statistic, it's it's not yeah. it's not celebrated. Okay, black men are not a statistic when they hit thirty three, they, they they won't be. Ki- oh, sorry about that, Rashawn. Uh, no problem. And so um, so yeah, the like, this is what is unfortunately expected. God, I just really really wish it went like that. Uh, William and I, by coincidence, this happened long before Mr. Floyd was killed, a couple of weeks. We examined the success of people of color in America. Nowhere on earth are people of color more successful than in the United States of America. That includes black people, brown people, yellow people, red people, everybody. But in general, it's Spanish people and black people, right? Right. Mostly mm-hmm. Mexican people and black people. Uh, GDP, number eight in the world, correct? Num- number, nope, excuse me, correction, like... For black Americans, it's uh, number 14 in the world. 14, yeah. Out of 182 to 85 uh, uh, countries. And then uh, for uh, um, Hispanics, it's, uh, they're higher because they're, they're, their GDP is uh, $1.5 trillion. Ours is $1.3 trillion. So, so pretty close. So, but that tells you which way the uh, politics are focused. They're focused on... <laughs> Hispanic because 1.5 versus 1.3, we're dying breed. They're emerging, and so they are. They pandered to the Hispanic community. Pandering. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Oops. 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 It's true. That's what it is. It's pandering. Having a headline like that: communities of color devastated. I'm sure. Uh, people of all colors live around right. Minnehaha and Lake Street. Right. Yeah. It's not like I live over uh, in that area that's just been absolutely devastated. And it's there's just as many white people living 
in certain parts of that so area. So it's not just a black it? community thing. It's white communities are equally getting destroyed. And I, so the reason they do that, why do they do that? Because some people are, are going to go, oh, that's too bad. I better throw money at them. Or, oh, typical, it's all about the black man again. Some people are going to see it that way. Or could right? we say just people don't care about poor white people? Thank you. Whoa. <laughs> hey. Oh, hey. hey. Whoa. <laughs> We don't want to bring that up, do we? <laughs> well, it's true. In fact, that's why started. Martin Luther King was assassinated, because he started getting all the poor people. It yep. wasn't about race. It was about poverty. It was about poverty. And then when he did that, all of a sudden, when you look at the mass of people at that point, they, he was too dangerous to stay alive. But as long as it was black, it was okay. So when he started getting all the poor people together, boom, done. Amazing. I want to throw another stat out at you. Uh, when you look at all minorities that reside in the United States of America, as a whole, we would be fourth in the world in GDP. See, this is what I'm saying. Uh, it's a wonderful thing, but nobody yeah. wants to talk in about the that. world. There's the no world. better place on earth, on earth than here. So. <sighs> I, Take it for what what it's worth, but the numbers don't lie. No, data, they don't. Data, data doesn't, lie. doesn't lie at all. So I mean, you can jack the numbers up, but uh, unless you produce after the numbers are jacked up, and it was produced. I mean, it, it, nobody. And again, I think it's wonderful. Everybody's succeeding. I think it's terrific. But I I want to know. I've never seen that in the Star Tribune. I've never seen it on television. I've never seen it in the New York Times, the Washington Post. I've never seen those stats. Why would they do that? be a part of the team to say like look there's no other stories out there you know, I was telling you you know what there's no sobriety high schools in the inner city yeah right. so every year there should be <laughs> bold letters That's saying true. hey there aren't any drunk students in the inner city they're an eating prairie oh my god <laughs> right and, and since and since this is not this is not a part of the status quo. Or here, I'll say it in a different way. Remember when Toyota, when people were stepping on the brakes and their cars weren't stopping? Right, yeah. But people were still going to buy Toyotas because yeah. they were 9 out of 10, the safest cars in America. This, these are the, the articles that you're used to. So let's take that then and then apply it to this, that people are used to reading about stories about poor black people who need help mm -hmm. yes okay mm -hmm. versus and it doesn't fit the we don't fit the narrative right you right right right, right versus the this is how you can be successful this is how an individual has been successful the the i find it i hear it is i subscribe to the wall street journal they simply say you know what parents are having problems with a keeping their dishwasher empty because everybody's stuck at home all the time. I can attest up. to that. <laughs> and then B, there aren't enough, even though Disney Plus has every single thing that Disney's ever released digitally, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there's not enough content. And so parents are now stuck watching, having their kids watch the stupidest YouTube videos over and over. And Rapunzel. Okay. I've seen it with Fawny about nine Every time times. we go over to their house, <laughs> just watch Rapunzel. And, and so New York Times or Wall Street Journal is talking about how to manage your kids' YouTube and how sick it is, how, how sick and tired they are of watching YouTube. Those simple stories about being a family aren't manifested in the Star Tribune. And I just don't understand why. Andy and Alex, you're young people. Tevin, you're younger than both of them. What do you think as young people of this? Why? 
Is it time to make the change and say, look, you need to start telling the truth in the newspapers, on television news, and in politics. At least tell the truth some of the time instead of never. Well, my something that, I mean, and maybe I'm extraordinarily ignorant, which I probably am in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh, eight points. It's, but, it's, it's really just a raising. It's a parenting. It's a family thing. Don't worry about it. It's genetic. But does... Do all three of you fear for your life every single day, all day long? No, never. No. No. Because that's what, especially white people on social media. They're telling you to. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're like every single, especially black men, can't walk in the street without fearing that they're going to get shot or arrested, murdered. Attacked by the KKK. It's like, is that true? KKK in Minnesota. Well, that's, but that's what people that's what they're saying. are saying. I know. That's what they think. And I'm like, is this, a tr- is this true? true? Every single black man fears for that every single day of their <laughs> no. life. The Star Tribune should go to a barbershop when they're open. And ask the question that was just asked. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because we'll find out that they're more afraid of the person who owes them $5 at the barbershop. Yes. <laughs> my favorite black barbershops. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, my ass. Joe Lewis. <laughs> I love that so much. The, uh, I mean, you bring up a great point about fear. There's, yeah. And that's just not true. It's just not true. I Fear. I yeah. grew up in the Detroit riots in 1967. And my, my father was a police officer. And I remember having you know laying on the floor at night no light you couldn't turn the lights on and in your house they otherwise they would shoot them out you had to go in the house turn off the lights you operated in darkness that's a crazy feeling you look out peek outside and i was about i was seven years old so it's still fresh in my mind and i would see the tanks going down the street I would see the snipers on the building. I would see the shooting. It was just, it was, it was so devastating. But in the end, Detroit still hasn't recovered from that 50-something years yeah. later. Think about that. And that's what people don't understand. You burn up your neighborhood, and when the Targets, when the Cubs, when the, you know, the, the holiday gas stations, when they leave your area, and they employ a lot of people in that area, people that walk to work, when they leave, it takes a generation or two to get them back. And that's what's going to happen if the community doesn't rally around the situation and build it up quickly. Because the longer it sits there with burnt-out buildings, the longer it will sit there. And that's going to be the tragedy of all of this. The The people in the area will be left holding the bag while your outside influencers, as they would say, Get, pack up the cars, trucks, whatever, and return back to where they came from. Mm-hmm. So are you asking the mayor to double the size of the third precinct? That sounds like from where I'm sitting. That is so cool. It really is, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Tom, can you tell us about the fire on the north side when you were 15? I was 15, 1967, same year. Yeah that William's talking about. Standing there as a 15-year-old, I was with three of my friends, and we're just standing there, and everything's on fire. I mean, everything's burning up. You remember it. Yeah. Why? Why was it on fire? Because the Civil Rights Act had been passed in 65, and then there was some unrest down in Memphis. Was it Memphis that was first? I think it was Memphis that was first. 
Uh, and the reason that I remember that is because my older brother Terry was in the Marine Corps, and they called in the Marine Corps to stop that. Right? That was serious. Like, Whoa! This is rather serious. So you see all of these things burning to the ground. I, I remember one thing very specifically. I'm standing at the corner. I believe it would have been Emerson and Plymouth, right right across the street from, you know, where Mickey's Liquors is now. Across the street, there used to be Kilroy's Cafe is where my, my mother worked. She was a waitress there, right? And basically, as a little boy, I could hear her in the kitchen. She didn't know how to listen. She'd go, well, another hooker stabbed a guy to death at the restaurant. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Oh, okay. It's normal activity. It's normal activity, right? It was a tough area. But I'm standing there, and I'm looking, and I heard the cafe wasn't on fire yet. I walk one block further down to Fremont, and I, is it Fremont or Girard? Might have been Girard. I can't remember. But there was a store that had one of those little windmill things that would turn. It was like like a fan, only there, it would it would be like this, and it would turn, and mm-hmm. it said "Buy Black." That's what it said. So when it, it went around, it would just keep saying "Buy Black, Buy Black," and I looked up and it was on fire. <laughs> and I'm like, well. <laughs> That's a little odd. The buy black signs on fire. And then the, the whole thing, I was complaining about Dairy Queen. I can't find a Dairy Queen around here. It pisses me off. There was one at the corner of, of uh, Gerard and Plymouth right there. There's, it's an empty lot now. But it, it's a situation because of going down Plymouth Avenue now. Plymouth Avenue was bustling in the, remember, I don't know if you ever, no, you probably, you were in Detroit. You guys are too young. But, in the 1950s and then the early 60s, Plymouth Avenue was the only way you could get to the western suburbs. There was no, like, Highway 12. I, I don't even know. It was something, I suppose. But the only way to get to the suburbs is to go down Plymouth Avenue and go out to Plymouth, Minnesota. I mean, that's why it, the whole thing went the way it was. Uh, bustling. I mean, t- I'm talking about grocery stores and, and department stores and, and butcher shops and bakeries, movie theaters, a bowling alley, Homewood Bowl, it was called. I was a couple blocks uh, west of, of Penn. None of that, as William already said, none of it ever came back. It, they tried for a little while. Uh, there was a little area. I think the University of Minnesota owns the building now. Yeah, it was a King's mm, Supermarket. Absolutely. Yes. And then, you know, the, uh, the liquor store there. Mickey's? Uh, not Mickey's. It was Randy. Uh, oh, there used the, to be a McDonald's. There used to be a McDonald's down too. And the White Castle down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all gone now. They're empty, flattened lots. Well, even going all the way down to where 94 is now, let's say just going all the way down to the yeah. river. Yeah. There were businesses all the way from the city limits out west, all the way down to the river. Plymouth Avenue was bustling, business everywhere. Things were wonderful. And then things got a little rough, which, you know, they could have improved on that. But none of that, as William said, ever came back. Well, yeah, none now anytime they try to bring anything in, like they've tried to bring a co-op in to North Minneapolis, and it didn't it, work. in the middle yeah. of it getting built, it's shut down. Yeah, on Golden Valley Road in Penn. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, I was just informed that my Binky Town store window got shattered, even though it was boarded up. Just now? Oh, William, wow. Jesus. So, now I'm pissed. Oh, and now, I get, now I'm pissed. Now I get to sit next to him. Nah, I'm pissed. That, that's not, wow. that's Sorry not cool. That. that is yeah, not cool. Not well, we'll take a break real quick. We'll be right back in about two minutes with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. 
So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The X-Check app brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The X-Check app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. X-Check. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Our back, ladies and gentlemen. Having quite the conversation. I, the great thing about this is I have not heard these conversations before. JB came on the morning show. I didn't even know he was coming in. He just showed up at the door. <laughs> and I didn't know how to turn on all the microphones and yeah. stuff here, oh, so he couldn't. Yeah. He had to sit out there on his phone. And you told him, mute your phone. <laughs> I got the message. It was great. But JB is devastated by it. JB, by the way, is one of the nicest men you'd ever want. Don't you think Absolutely. that JB's a hell of a guy, William? Oh yeah, I've known JB for. He's a wonderful guy. I'm young and he's younger, but <laughs> you're young. <I> <laughs> you mean compared so, to me, it's a long young. time. JB is yeah, compared to you. No, JB <laughs> yeah. is a great guy. I he used is. to. I, I, I got to be honest. When when I first started listening to your show, because my friend Tom introduced right, me to your right. show thirty something years ago, I was like. Was like in JB's was I was like JB, what's up? Like why you sell out my people? <laughs> <laughs> why you sell like, out? Why you sell out my people? Why you on this with this dude? I and love it. Then as I listen to you more, I realize that uh, that uh, you don't see color, you see character. No, that's cool. exactly it. I wish, I wish I didn't. Uh, there would, uh, you know. Let me just say something about that. I read, I read that, that headline that you know riots, arson, leave Minnesota communities of color devastated. These people don't know what they're doing there. I mean, they really think that's a good thing for, for black people to, to put that in the paper. That's how they think. Yeah. I mean, they really do. They think, well, we got to point out, we got to help. Even though they know this is not true, as Tevin pointed out already, they think they're helping black people. Uh, is that a college thing? They, they let me into college one day and they said, you got to go. <laughs> so that was pretty much the end of that. Should have been a better athlete. No, listen to him now. Just saying, just saying. Here's from a guy, by the way, his entire athletic career, all he did was get in the way. Is that what offensive linemen do? Damn! 
baby. Oh, wow. Come on, give me a hug, man. No, I'll, I'll, I'll goes, stick up for a very no. integral part to I'm not running around catching footballs if it's not for him <laughs> blocking. So I, I'll stand up for him. I like he it. doesn't no, want I to get in the way. He stands up. I, I, think, I think that uh, they, everybody wants to help somebody, and when, you're, when you don't need their help, they wonder what's mm-hmm. wrong. And Ooh, so, good point. And so yeah. when they can't figure out what's wrong, they help kind of create a narrative that's saying, even though you are successful, you could still use more. Even though you do have a great job, well, you're not the president of the company. Or even, and I don't see it because because the world I've grew up, grown up in has been, uh, I grew up during Martin Luther King era. Yep. And so and I happen to also have his autograph, which is kind of nice. Oh, God. Ah, hate to throw that in there, but, yeah, but it's one of the things I wanted to collect for about 20 years, and I finally was able to uh, get, get enough, enough of that to get one. But <laughs> enough of that to get one. But it, it's, yeah. a, it's a narrative. If you don't fit it, they'll, they'll create reasons why you, you should. Like, like I, I don't get it. I don't understand. I grew up poor in Detroit. I played football here. I got a job. I worked hard. I became a stockbroker against all odds. I was the only black stock. I was the only black lineman. I was the only black stockbroker. I was the only, uh, I mean, I've been like the only mm-hmm. black person doing what I do because I chose to take a different path. Right. I didn't want, I, it, somebody told me a long time ago, if you, if you want money, be around money, understand money. And so that's what I did. So I became a stockbroker. And so I went into that field and I mean, I've been called everything. Uncle Tom, you forget. They don't realize the history behind me. It's, uh, but I don't, I don't lean on it and no, poor me. You just, you open a door or run through it. And so I'm, I'm not, I don't fit the type of, of uh, stereotype that they want, right? Oh yeah, because yeah. I don't need anything. Just show me the the way, and I'll go get it, right? Uh, and so when that doesn't happen, you you get ostracized, you get uh, criticized, uh, you get uh, shoved to the side. What what a lot of people don't know is that we also employ over two hundred people in the communities that where our businesses are. And we don't make a big deal out of it because our mission from day one, we were doing fine outside of, you know, the two businesses that we're in. But our mission from day one is how can we help people? Right. And that's yeah. how we got in business. That, that's it. Because there's times when we don't make money, but yet we employ a lot of people and they are able to pay their bills. And so that became our mission. So uh, because I don't fit the narrative, there's, they have no real use for me. Do you think that's the reason why you and I get along, Rashawn, Tevin, you know, JB, you go down the list of people? Because I don't fit the narrative of what a white guy is supposed to be. I mean, that's very true. Well, remember, no, no. we talked yesterday about what I figured out our secret was. What was your secret? Not for radio consumption. No, no, no. The secret. No, I get it. Hold on. No, now no. we don't fit on, on this side. <laughs> no, 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 no. We, we have all had a personal experience with lack of fathers in the home. Absolutely. 100% correct. And so, yes. and, and so that... And, and that in our youth and filling that gap has created us into a different type of man. I, there's no question I about agree. that. Or and, having having males in the house that weren't full-functioning males. Right, 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 right. right. No, that's, they're not that's, really there. Right, right, right. And then we filled in that gap. Exactly. We filled in that gap in a way that it was long before our puberty. 
like yes. long before our puberty, no we, doubt about it. We were we were the we were the father figures in our homes. We were the protective figures in our homes, and so that's that's our unifying thing. The one thing that I wanted to bring up, and, and your comment first off is this: is what we're seeing in the Star Tribune, what we're seeing right now, is the laziest way to help. Yeah, oh. no, that's very true. Very good. <laughs> and um, and when when you're young, or when when you're young, you are hazed in every aspect of life, oh, yeah. uh, in school, in relationships, everywhere. And what I didn't know when I was young is that the hazing doesn't stop when you're an adult. And so when you were hazed when you were um, on the football team, you were hazed when you were a stockbroker, and you're hazed being the only black guy on your block. And this, and this is what this is what life is is a series of hazing. But oddly, some people there's a stage where we just thought it would end. Mm -hmm. And so every day, Tom, you get on the air, you're like, what's wrong with these people? How come these people aren't listening to me? Hey, what's up with the world? And, and it's just like, hey, look, you're just at a different stage of the hazing. <laughs> like, yeah. like whether you're on top or you're on bottom, get used to the haters. So you think it's, it, it has to do with, and you, Rashawn and I talked about this last night. We talked for quite some time. And I told him that when my father was taken away, um, that I... I well, that time, because it would happen more than once. <clears throat> but anyway, I uh, was 10 years old, and my brother was in Vietnam, and my father was in the hospital. And I went downstairs and slept in a chair by the front door for a long time. I was only 10 years old, but I was the oldest male in the house. And Rashawn and I talked about the fact that I, you know, if anybody comes through the door, I'm going to have to take care of them. There's nobody else here to do it. Everybody else is younger than me, so I just have to do it. And the one thing that did for me, I think, is gave me an edge because if anybody thinks I'm going to be afraid of them, they need to sit in that chair next to that 10-year-old kid. That was scared, man. You're not going to ever scare me with it. Nothing <laughs> is ever going to be that scary. And you know what story I love that you told me was when your son's friend or your son came came home from school and complained about, you know, one of his friend's parents not liking your show. Right. And you saying, hey, I'm going to go beat up that <laughs> that parent. Kind of and, 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 but, but then you... Here's <laughs> <laughs> my daughter going, what the typical dad. You will like me. No, 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 but there's a point in time where you're... You, there's a stage in life where you're the Flint, Flintstone and you you feel you have to bam everybody against the head who's coming at you and that's a... That's that's a street attitude. That's not because I look like Fred Flintstone. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> he just goes, no. 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 But, but you're but not the that, only one that went through that. I had to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. right. Well, exactly. The same thing. Kid harassing my kid, and, and I, I went to the dad and said, "I'll, I'll beat you." <laughs> exactly. I'm not proud of that moment, but I was like, "I'll beat you." <laughs> so if you're not gonna control your kid, then maybe you and I should settle this. So my oldest kid, it was the first day of school. I, I I followed the school bus, right? I let I put her on the bus. I followed the school bus oh, to the bus stop. Very she cute. got off the bus and she's just like, oh, somebody stole my toys. Somebody took my toys on the bus. So then I call the teacher and the teacher's just like, well, why did she bring the toys? I'm just like, it's the first day of school, <laughs> and it's like she why wanted to bring did her she toys. Bring the toys. Right, right, right. So you know what? You know what I did on the second day of when the school bus stopped. 
I got on the bus and I sick. said, which one of you kids stole my kid's toy? <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> and, and no wonder and, we all get along. And, and, the, and, the, and the kid just went to the back of the bus and opened up a backpack oh, and brought the kid. There you brought, go. Brought Good. the toys back. I would call and, you a bully. Uh, really? I yeah, would call, my, I call myself bullying. Bullying is when I'm saying, give me your toy. Yeah. <laughs> Being protective is when I'm saying, give me my toy back. Uh, OJ got nine years for that. Yeah, it's official. <laughs> <laughs> give me my toy back. We'll be right back. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. We are having too much fun with this. There's no question about it. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, you are right. You've never heard a radio show like this one ever before. Probably never hear one like this again. Yeah, you don't think so? Not it's completely yeah. unplugged. It is completely unplugged, and it's totally honest. So I had a question for you. Yes, sir. Tom, when did you start working? 11 years old. I was a janitor at Diatine, which is now Zero Res Building over oh. just oh. off Highway 100. Oh, hence the promotion. Oh, really? It's Zero Res now? Hence the promotion. Hence the promotion. Yeah, Diatine. I was 11 years old. So did you wow. get fired from that job, or did you? I've been fired from every job I've ever had, Richard, and you know that. Well, you know, the longest I've ever had a radio job before this one, it's been 35 years on this one, right? The longest radio job I ever held before that was nine months because I kept getting fired all the time. Oh. Uh, when did you start working, Rashawn? Oh, um, boy. When I was 10, I had my, mm-hmm. my corner lemonade stand. There you go. You know, mm-hmm. and I was making good money at that. Um, <laughs> making good, 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 good money. You know, what I wanted, I could buy. Making snacks. Oh, snacks for days. Right, right, right. And then uh, <laughs> when, I was, uh, when I was 13, um, I was selling video games, comic books, um, uh, about, my backpack. How about paper? No, I never had a paper route. I was selling. I never did I was selling from school. Uh huh. School. What do you mean in high school? Yeah. Oh, that, that was that was different. He's, he's oh, asking. Oh wait a minute. He's asking about this. Stop. All right, sorry. No, 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 no. Listen to this scam. No, no, no. High school deal sell right? No, no. It was north. 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 Okay, so in the scam. Listen to this scam. Okay, so here, if I give you the whole the whole setup, is this. Here I am at North High. We figured out how to hack the computer lab. We're playing Doom when the teacher isn't there. Um, the lookout isn't looking out. We get caught. Um, he then makes us the computer tech. Cal Entinger, greatest guy ever. All right? The, he let me run the computer lab. But in running it, you're still hacking. So then we figured out that we could, A, print out all the paper in different high schools. 
So we're printing out the anarchist cookbook in Edison High School, <laughs> um, like having the printer run out of paper. But then on top of that, we would have like a, 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 like we we were asked to deliver paper to teachers, and we would always siphon off, <laughs> you know, some paper, and then we have it in the, the locker. We'd have we'd have lockers full of paper. Then when the teachers ran out of paper, we'd, we'd sell, sell the paper it. back to them. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I love oh it. I love it. Yeah, it's a, crime. Crime. That's a great story. Yeah. That's amazing. Major crimes at eleven years old. The, yeah, yeah, that, that was high school. And at, thir high school, at thirteen, I I went to a, an after school program in North at North Commons, mm -hmm. and I went through official business training called from NIFTY, National Foundation for Teacher and Entrepreneurship, and I won Young Entrepreneur of the Year for, for Minnesota and then for the United States of America, and I got, got to go to New York, and um, um, our president paid for my hotel room. And really? Stayed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Did you... To, what was your thesis? Was it uh, the was it was selling the paper? No, no. It's not. <laughs> here's, here's how you it was scam people. your it was scam the system. It, no, it was selling the paper and making the profit. I mean, the profit was there. like, hey, it's got 100 percent profit. I said, Mar yeah, margins are good on that. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, no, why do I feel like we're going to hit a void when we ask Tevin? When did he start working? Um, I think my first job was like week? 13, 14 Last years week. old. For, yeah, oh, my hey, God. Okay, okay. I, see, I see how Salty. this show's going. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, my, uh, I think I wanted like a PlayStation when I was younger. My mom was like, yeah, you have oh. to have a job if we're going to pay for oh. your stuff. And so I was a busboy, big afro at Arden Hills, 394 in Lexington. Yeah, first yeah, job. Yeah. Yeah. Big afro? Had a People used to take pictures with it. I and, like, you cut your hair again. Old, uh, don't worry about it. I'm not ratting out my barber. I had to get a haircut. They, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been giving oh. my family haircuts. I could out of our house. Not me. <laughs> not him. No, my I mom had, did that. Dog, dog Your mom shaver. did that? Yeah. Plants the blame. She did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't anyway, my kids so what age was that? I was like 14, 15 years old. Mm. My mom was the general manager of the restaurant, so I got in there. Had to. I would have to ride down because she had to open the store, so I'd what be there restaurant? like... Is Perkins four ninety four? Oh, I know. Exactly. I used to live up there. And so I used to have to ride down with her because her shift would start like four in the morning. We lived an hour away, so I'd play like so. We'd if I had a football game or something, sleep in the car till eight a.m. when I went in, and started my shift, and then wait for her to get done and and come home. It was like every weekend going down there, so wow. it wasn't. A hardship. I wasn't stealing paper from teachers or anything like that, but it was a noble. It was a noble start. To, Somebody else stole to it. The I workforce. Sold. Oh, you stole it. Okay. Somebody yeah, else stole it. Okay. Okay. You stole it. Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. There's a statute of limitations on Big distinction. Big distinction. Well, I, I I asked the question. Uh, I started working about seven years old, shining seven? shoes at oh, the yeah. local barbershop and. You know, go pick up shoes and get paid, and you know, quarter to shine them and things like that. Mowing lawns, washing windows, running numbers. Great <laughs> <laughs> <Straight> numbers. <laughs> running numbers. Yeah. Uh, go, and he say, go pick the, go over to such and such. He got something for you. So I go pick out, and it was like two dollars and some numbers, two dollars and some numbers, and and then that that's how I I got started, and then uh, you know after that uh, I always worked. I was just I was a grinder. Just, and I used to have to pay rent when I was a little. Me that too. I pay. I would make forty. I remember I made forty dollars <coughs> on the, on a Saturday because that was the big shoe shine day. Forty dollars. I would go home. My mother would say, "Okay, let's see what you got." I always she would take I don't know thirty, twenty or thirty dollars. Leave me just enough to make it the to the next Saturday. 
And, but I didn't care because that's right. how we operated. Right. We all right. pitched right. in, and it was great. It, it, it taught me the value of working. And that's my whole point is that mm-hmm. each one of us sitting here, except for maybe Tom's kids, understand Right. <laughs> we mean made jobs. No, it's definitely right. understand the value of like getting out and grinding it. <laughs> oh my! Oh, that's I had my I didn't first job when I was eleven. Because I, was I didn't 11. want them to say I've never worked. What just happened? I was eleven what, what when was I had my first, first job. job. Okay, I'm sorry. I need to be more I cleaned horse stalls. Co-hosting the podcast. I cleaned stalls. I cleaned up horse poop and pee. You turned your kids in the wasps. No, that was my wife that did that. <laughs> so at Andy 11, didn't we can't work be wasps for, if we're Andy Catholic. Didn't work. I, love you, I love how you <laughs> pointed him out. Andy didn't work Don't until he was much older. She hasn't had it. White so Anglo-Saxon you Catholic. Work. I worked for Tino at the uh, State Fair. Yeah, that's not a job. That was a, that was a job. But a job. for 10 days, what? Ten, wait, yeah, that's that's a stretch. Like, I, that's more kid, than I thought. If you got a pick out, <laughs> white people. I got yeah. I cleaned I cleaned stalls at. Well, my my mom, she I wanted these like ridiculously expensive pair of jeans, and she was you? like, "You, yeah." I've, I'm a reformed, ridiculous amount of money spending on clothes person. I yes. don't do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. I buy pre-owned clothes. <laughs> pre-owned. I do. I buy consignment clothes. I think it's hey, hilarious. My wife does too. It's good she for the environment. Yeah. yeah, it's good for the pocketbook. It, also yeah. that, but yeah, I wanted expensive jeans, and she was like, "Well." Get some money, and so I clean the stalls. I clean the stalls at our barn, and then I rode horses at a different barn, and they paid me to do that. And I cleaned the barn, and then I babysat. That's that's the troubling part. Our barn, right? Oh no, 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 no! You know what? Hold on. The solution is just has just layoff. (laughs) Oh, 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 I get it. Everybody else is for a game. Oh, except for. Oh, oh, people, Alex. oh, I'm okay. sorry. No, no I, I, just, I just heard the solution that the Star Tribune needs to have. But actually, this brings up another story, which I'll talk about in a second. But here it is. It's the kids' success section. What do kids need to do? They think that if you just go to school, that you'll succeed. Oh, yep. you no, just you go school, and it's not That's just great, it's great not just observation. School. But what's the problem? It's illegal. To do everything that we just talked about. <laughs> now you oh, have child to have, labor. Right. Oh, that's right. No, you have to have a, a license yeah. to sell lemonade. You, that's you, true. You, oh, you, you, you've got to be, you got to have a license to be a numbers man now. You've got to have the lottery. Yeah. Right, right. You, you have to, you can't, if, if Child Protective Services heard that you were in the car for two hours um, back and right. forth, they would take you from your mother. Like everything that we just talked about is now illegal. God. Yeah, it is. <clears throat> you're right. It's illegal. Yeah. You can't do that. Why did they do that? Because it. I mean, obviously, you're not going to go to work in some cigar factory at 11 years old like the old days. But because one one child was clearly extremely hurt oh, in yeah. all of these situations. Yeah. Yeah. That and so then. You know why? Why the rule for everybody? Right, right. Why don't we have onesies anymore? Okay, when when I was a kid, there was this large onesie that you zipped up, and then some senator's kid caught a, it caught on fire, and the kid got third degree burns. Then they got rid of them for several decades. Well, and now a lot of child's clothing is treated with fire retardants. Right, yeah. but before that, you know, which is actually horrible. 
Is yeah, it? Yeah, it's really bad for your health. Yeah. 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 We will take a break. It's because of cigarette like, oh, ashes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll be right back. we got another. Now, for the last segment of the second, you guys can stay for the second part. We're good. Everybody good? I, I'm going to leave in, half, in a half an hour. I can leave okay, well, we'll get to we're going to get to some uh, some talk with Kostaki Konomopoulos, too. So if you want to stick around, that'd be well, And I do want to talk about what people can do to actually Who's help. To th- what? Like what? you said. <laughs> Kostaki Konomopoulos is his Who, name. Yeah. He's Greek. He's, he's, a, he's very a, oh, Greek. A Greek That's comedian. I know. He's a great guy. Oh, really good he? guy. He's just calling in, yeah. Anyway, we'll be right back with uh, a couple of minutes. <laughs> 